Hello, my comfy, cozy witches, and welcome to episode number 15 of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. I'm really excited that you are joining me today. I know it's been a week and a half. Um, As I told you in the last episode, I have been taking some time to just focus on being, being at home, being with my family. So I really appreciate um, all of the support while I take a couple extra days to get out an episode. So thank you. As you know, or some of you might know, if you follow me on Instagram, I put out a question in my stories a few days ago asking about topics that you would be interested in hearing about on the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast. And I had a ton of responses. And I will definitely get to those topics as I move on throughout the year and years, hopefully, doing the podcast. But one thing that came up a number of times was beginner witch basics. And I do know that a fair amount of my listeners are beginner witches. I also am very much aware that a lot of my listeners have practiced witchcraft for a number of years. And maybe they don't want to hear the basics. So if you are not interested in the beginner witch basics, feel free to just, you know, skip this episode. Or if you want a nice refresh, stick around and listen. Uh, But for the beginner witches out there, this is an episode for you. But before I get into that, I want to talk about what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. So it seems to be a theme the last couple episodes that I record a segment, a couple minutes, and then I get interrupted and then accidentally delete it because that's what just happened. I recorded what is making me feel comfy cozy. I was just about done and my husband called me, which puts an interruption because I record on my phone. It puts an interruption and it, it cuts off the recording. And so when I hung up from him... It asked me, listen or review your review your recording, delete your recording. Well, I hit delete. I wasn't even thinking. And here we are. So I'm back to what is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. I guess I got a little bit of a rehearsal there. So we've been spending a lot of time inside due to the weather and due to the snow. As you know, we had 36 inches of snow a couple weeks ago. And we just keep getting um, hammered with more and more snow ever since then. Snow, some ice, really frigid temperatures. And I do want to note before I talk any farther about um, what is going on in Texas right now and how their infrastructure and homes are not set up to handle the cold temperatures and handle the freezing cold. They don't have the insulation in the homes and around the piping. Um, They don't have the same type of piping. They're not connected to the national grid. I think that's what I'm understanding. And so there are a lot of issues, a lot of things going on in Texas. And I am sending all the warm and healing thoughts to my friends and listeners and people I don't even know down in Texas. And I'm, I'm, hoping that by the time this episode is released, which should be by the weekend, that things are up and running again. I'm hopeful that they will be, that things are getting getting uh, straightened out, but it really is tragic what's going on. And I do want to note, I've seen some people on Instagram and Facebook and social media it really can just be, oh, it's not a comfy cozy thing a lot of the time. 
but I've seen people posting um, who are from areas that get extreme weather saying, well, oh, well, we deal with this weather all the time. We deal with the cold. Okay, yes, it, when you're in the the north northern countries, northern states, yes, we do get cold like this. I, I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm used to this cold. But again, my house is set up for this. We have insulation. I have a generator in case the power goes out at our house. In Texas, people don't think they have a need for that. So that they don't have that infrastructure. They don't have those same tools to be prepared for something like this as we do up north. And so when I see those things, it's really not a fair comparison. And actually, I personally think it's it's pretty hurtful when when people are down south freezing, some people are dying. Um, they're not getting access to food and water. So I find it hurtful when people are trying to compare themselves like, well, we can handle it up here. Why can't you handle it down there? So anyway, I'm just, I went off on a little, a little rant there, which I didn't in my first recording. Um, but I just wanted to address that because it, it has been weighing on me and it's upsetting to see people try to compare their situations like that, almost like a one-upping type thing. And that, that always bothers me. Um, so again, I'm just sending warm thoughts to to all of my friends who are dealing with that, to all of my listeners, and to everybody, even if I don't know you. I'm just sending warmth and meditating on that every day. So what is making me feel comfy cozy? Back back to this. So we've been inside a lot. Obviously, I've been having my my tea and my coffee and watching my shows that make me feel comfy. I'm I've been rewatching Outlander, as you know. I'm rewatching Bridgerton. Um, they just announced that new Good Witch episodes are going to be coming out soon, and you all know how much I love my Good Witch, and so I'll be watching some of that. But for all the time that I've been spending inside, I miss and I crave being outdoors. And every day I try to get outside in some way, shape or form. Obviously, I have to go out whenever I take the dogs outside. But I try to spend some mindful mindful time outside, whether that's walking with my son or taking a family walk on the weekends when everybody's home. But what was really nice this week my husband took off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So he could spend some more time with the family, particularly with my son, because my son is stuck with me all the time. And although we love, love it, and we love each other very much, and we have a great time, we it's been a year now. It's been a year since he's been out of school due to COVID. Every moment I'm in the house with him. I spend all my time with him. I want to go for a walk. He goes with me. So what Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday with my partner being home, what that allowed me to do was have some more time to myself. So my son and my husband would go to the basement and play video games or just play and watch some TV. I got to watch TV in the middle of the day, which is unheard of. I got to um, read in the middle of the day for fun, just reading books. I caught up with old friends. I caught up with my agent who I hadn't sent any manuscripts to for a long time, but I was able to schedule time to talk with her. I was able to catch up on things that I didn't realize had slipped. Okay, so that that's great. But him being home also allowed us to spend some time outside together, the three of us. 
And we had been avoiding, excuse me, we had been avoiding our hiking trails on the weekends because they get pretty busy. So when my partner took off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're like, this is the perfect time to get in some hikes. So Monday morning, we all bundled up and put on our boots and we went for a snowy hike for about an hour and a half, two hours. And it was our usual trail that usually takes us 45 minutes, but with the snow and some icy spots, it did take us two hours. It was so wonderful to go back into nature in the throes of the forest, being surrounded by nature, by trees, by creatures. It was so beautiful because the snow had fallen. You could see the deer tracks. And so we made it a little learning. We took the day off of school, but I still counted it as a homeschool day because we were identifying animal tracks in the woods. So we took some time to do that. We would stop along the way. Part of the creek had frozen over. So we we had a mini lesson where we were walking on the water and talking about the freezing process. And that was a lot of fun until my boys decided to go too close to the um, where the ice was thin. And granted, the, the creek, I will tell you, is only about three inches deep. So it, it didn't take much to freeze. And they went right through the thin ice and they got their feet up before it got in the water. They were completely fine. But I was like, oh, really? Do you have to step in the water while we're on this hike? And then I had, but anyway, it was fine. Getting off on a little, I'm getting sidetracked, which I tend to do. So in in the woods where we hike, there is a tree that my whole, my family knows it is my tree. It is Jenny's tree. I stop every time I see this tree, I put my head up to it. So I'll put my head against the one branch that comes off of its trunk and I talk to it. My son has started talking to it. When we moved here, you know, over a year now, the very first time I went out to hike, I was hiking alone. This tree just stepped out to me. It totally entranced me. And I was like, this is my tree. This is my space. So I will sit even at the base of that tree. I've brought my journal out before. I brought my book of shadows. If I'm working on a project like brainstorming, and I've sat down at the base of the tree using the trunk as as a chair back, and I'll write. And it just reminded me of when we first moved here and those hikes and just really connecting to this area, really connecting with nature, connecting with my tree. So anyway, we passed my tree. I said hello to it on the way and on the way back from our trail as well. Um, we crossed over a couple of bridges. We found some more animal tracks as we were walking. There's a quaint little cottage that I've told I've told my husband many, many times if it ever is up for sale, we would consider buying it because I'm in love with it. It is it is the perfect witch's cottage. It's a old, old stone home from the early, I would say, 1800s. An old stone home. They had the fireplace going at the time, and the creek runs right in front of the house. And, but it's also surrounded by woods because you're around a national park. So it's surrounded by woods. This home, oh, I could just see my witch's kitchen in there. I could see the hearth. I I could see my gardens. Like I've, I've been envisioning living here. So I'm, I'm starting a vision board just about that space. 
The only downfall is it is off of one of the main, not a main road, but a road that can get busy at times. So anyway, we we did our long hike. It was just beautiful. It was so quiet when we weren't all talking, of course. It was so quiet. The parts that the creek were flowing, it was just so nice to hear the trickling of the creek. You could hear like the pitter-patter of the animals. It was comfy. It was cozy. Um, and it brought me back to nature. It brought me back to my craft and and what I am as a witch, always being connected to nature, being connected to the elements. And so that just put me in such a great space and made the rest of the week that much better because that was Monday morning. First thing we did was go on this hike. So we started out Monday morning and it just set the tone for the rest of the week. So I know I just talked 11 minutes about what's making me comfy, (laughs) cozy, and witchy, but I had to share that with you. And I did get off on a couple of tangents. But many of you have told me that you don't mind that. So (laughs) there you have it. So that's what's making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. And now we'll move on to some beginner witch basics. I feel like I could talk for hours about beginner witch basics, going over... (laughs) Uh, all the various parts of witchcraft, the types of witches, the books, um, the tools that you might use, the crystals. There, there are so many things that I think will be broken down into other episodes. So this is just going to be a very, um, very much an overview, and it will be comprehensive overview of beginner witch goodies. And just what I personally feel about uh, the beginning of a practice and what the focus should be. And I know many of you have heard what I believe the focus should be when you're first starting out. Um, But yeah, I'll just go through basics, a couple books, um, some things that I feel are worthy of research right away, some basic things that every beginner witch should be aware of and that they should know. So first, I think a lot of witches, when they are starting out, or at least those who have approached me, have felt it necessary to identify themselves as a particular type of witch. And I don't find that to be necessary. When you are starting out, something has intrigued you. Something has piqued your interest in the world of witchcraft And I think you just need to start with what has piqued your interest. Don't worry about, oh, what type of witch am I? And taking a quiz to figure out, oh, am I a hearth witch? Am I a green witch? Am I a a pagan witch? Am I da da? I'd say don't focus on that right away. Just focus on what drew you in to the craft, what piques your interest about the craft, and start there. Start researching there. And I want to do a quick side note. Uh, about what what to call yourself when you are starting out in the craft. If you have decided that you want to follow the path of witchcraft and you identify yourself as a witch, even if you are a beginner witch, you can still call yourself a witch. It's fine too if you say I'm a beginner witch. Um, I One term I don't care for And I've brought this up a couple of times. I do not care for the term baby witch. 
Uh, there's just something about it. It rubs me wrong. I can't identify 100% what that is, but I'm not a fan of the baby witch term because I think of a babies and babies are, yes, they're naive and open to new, a new world, but they're also ignorant and they lack knowledge. Um, I just don't like the term baby and it's like very cutesy cuddly, which is fine because I'm comfy cozy, but I'm not a big fan of the baby witch. And I think that kind of took off recently, the last couple of years. I never heard the baby witch term until just a couple years ago. And I was talking to a friend and maybe that's a TikTok thing. TikTok made the baby witch thing popular. I'm not a fan. <laughs> so that that's just my hot take on that. My little bit of, as my friend Rowan says, tea spilling. Because <laughs> I like to stay comfy cozy in here. But yeah, I'm not a fan of the baby witch thing. So going back to beginner, beginner witches, or a new witch. I personally, and again, this is just me. This is my podcast. So it's me speaking. I don't speak for every witch, but I don't think that you need to identify yourself right away. When I became a witch years ago, I I, I didn't know. I didn't know what kind of witch I was right away. So I didn't come out of the gate saying I am a pagan eclectic witch or I am a pagan hearth and home kitchen witch. Many of those terms, although pagan obviously has been around for thousands of years and um, druid and there are many terms that have been around for many years, the need to identify as a lunar witch or a kitchen witch or a house witch or a green witch or a garden witch or a hedge witch that stuff, th- those specific terms were not around until more recently in recent history. And witches didn't feel the need to identify themselves in that way. When I know when I was starting out, you were a pagan witch, or you were a witch, or you were a solitary, you were a solitary, or you were a witch that was part of a coven. Uh, there weren't any other real <laughs> distinctions that I can remember. And I'm sure I'm sure maybe there were, but that wasn't in my mind. It was just really solitary. You were a solitary witch. Um, so anyway, don't don't get caught up in identifying yourself because that can come later on. That can come later on in your practice as you explore and you decide which parts of the craft that you enjoy. So speaking of, you know, figuring out which parts of the craft you enjoy, I said before, whatever drew you to the craft at first, whether that was you got a tarot reading or whether it was just being in nature or learning about maybe a Sabbath that you felt connected to, start there. Research that aspect first because that's what first drew you to the craft. That's what piqued your interest. So stick with that to begin with. Uh, another beginner tip and a basic is, and you, I think you know this before I'm going to say it, what I want you to do is read, 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 research, but good, good research. And Google searches are fine if you know where to find good information, but research, find reputable podcasts of witches that you trust, or if you know somebody else that can recommend a podcast to you, or books, books written by practicing witches. These are all great places to begin. Um, And some good books, and I'll just throw a couple out. And I talked about some books before on another episode. 
but some good books to start with are A Modern Guide to Witchcraft by Sky Alexander. That's a newer one. Um, you know me, I love my Deborah Blake. Any of Deborah Blake's books are a great place to start. Uh, so I would start with Deborah Blake. The Sabbath's Almanac, if you want to know more about the Wheel of the Year, which talks about so many different aspects of witchcraft as well. I like the Sabbath's, Sabbath's Almanac. Um, check out books published by Llewellyn. So Llewellyn uh, Publishing House, they publish really great books on the craft and they have the authors, for the most part, I believe are experienced witches who have done research and they have practiced their craft for many, many years. Wiser Books is also a really good, reputable publisher of the occult and esoteric and um, pagan witch, witchy books. So I really like Wiser as well. Um, other books to start with, Drawing Down the Moon. Write that title down, Drawing Down the Moon. It's a heavier read, but it is fantastic. And then the book Women Who Run With the Wolves is one of my all-time favorites, you know, talking of the wild woman archetype um, and stepping into your own power as a witch. So those are just some really good books to start with. Um, some things that, some other things that are good whenever you're just beginning would be a journal, to start a journal or a book of shadows that tracks your journey. I think it's really important to be reflecting constantly on your feelings and your emotions surrounding your spiritual journey and your practice, what's working for you, what's not working for you, what books you have read, what things you have tried. I think it's important to keep track of those things just so you can see your trajectory. And that can help you identify then what parts of the craft you enjoy or you can focus on more than other parts. So starting a journal or a book of shadows is, is up there at the top of my list. So again, don't worry about identifying yourself, but start reading, start that journal, start a book of, of shadows. I also recommend that you spend time meditating, that you sit in meditation because so much of being a witch is being able to sit and be with yourself and be okay with yourself and all parts of yourself, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the light aspect and the shadow aspects. So meditating, and you guys, you can check out my episode on meditation because you know it's something that I've done for years and I do every single day. And I firmly, firmly believe that grounding yourself, and meditation is a great way to do this, Grounding yourself is the basis to a witchcraft practice. Not everybody might agree with me, but that is my thoughts. That's been my thoughts for number of number of years that being able to ground yourself, grounding is the basis for any practice. So it's important as a beginner witch that you learn how to ground yourself and that you sit in meditation to help yourself do that. Sit out in nature to help yourself do that. Connecting with nature is grounding in and of itself. So finding out how you can ground yourself and how you can focus your energy is really important in the beginning. And then another another thing that I find important 
is the ability to protect yourself, knowing how to protect yourself. And I'm not saying when you're first starting out to go into big protection rituals or protection spells, but I'm talking about protecting yourself through visualization and protecting yourself through meditation. And there's great guided meditations that can lead you to this and that can teach you how to do this. But those are those are my basics for you. Don't feel the need to identify yourself because that just brings on stress and anxiety. That's not that's not helpful when you're starting your journey. Read, 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 research, research, talk to other witches, listen to podcasts, all right? Meditate and learn how to ground yourself and spend time in nature. And then start that journal, that book of shadows. So those are my basics that I personally, other witches might have other basics, but I want you to take note of something that I did not say. I did not say you needed any sort of fancy tools to be a witch, to move forward on your witchcraft journey. I think there is a misconception, and I was talking with a friend that I actually met at in the Barnes & Noble uh, witchy pagan section a couple months back. Uh, she messaged me yesterday, and we were talking about this a little bit. You do not need any special tools to be a witch. Nobody, nobody says that you must 100% have an altar to be a witch or that you need to have certain colored candles to be a witch, or that you need herbs to to be a witch. Um, Do those things assist you? Do those things contribute to your practice? Absolutely. But when you are starting out, you don't need those things. Yes, you might say, okay, Jenny, but you said, what about books? I need books. You can get those at the library. You can actually go to the library and borrow those books for free if you have a library card. Um, there are online borrowing systems that you can read those books. And if you do have a little extra money and you can buy the books and keep them, you know, in your witchy library, then that's great too. But again, when you're starting out, even when you're a practicing witch for years, the power lies within you. Your, I truly believe your magic is innate. It is, everybody has it. It's just being able to awaken to it and wake it up a little bit. You don't need all those other tools. You don't need an elaborate setup on your altar. And I think what's happened recently is as we see a lot of social media and, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, what all those other all those other things. You see a lot of the very aesthetic witches um, that are that have a lot of the tools and they're really beautiful to look at. And don't get me wrong, I have a lot of tools. You've seen my altar, you've seen my cauldron, you've seen my setup as well. But I'm here to remind you that that is not what the craft is about. It's not about those things. It's not about um, spending all that money on those things and having all of those things. It's about you and being able to use your power and your intention to get some sort of result and to manifest some sort of result. And again, those tools can help absolutely. But that can come later or not at all because the power is within you. When I was starting out, I mean, 20 years ago, my only tool was silver raven wolves to ride a silver broomstick. 
that was my tool. It was one book, which I still have today. You all know I found it recently in the basement. I still have that book with the bright purple cover today. That's all I had. I had no altar. I didn't have the candles. I I didn't have an athame. I didn't have half the things, or not even half, I didn't have any of the things that I have today. And I still, I still practiced. I still did my work as a witch. So I know I'm going off on a little tangent yet again about that, but it's just to remind you that if you have yourself, that's a really great start. And you need yourself. You need to know how to ground yourself, which is not a thing that you need to buy. So meditate. You can borrow books from a library. You can spend time in nature to get to know the elements, to get your, to know yourself and how you interact with nature. And you can follow people on social media or um, blogs or websites, which websites that you trust. You can do all of these things without the use of other tools and spending a lot of money. I will, oh, and journal. You can journal without any of those things as well. Um, and you will find out so much about yourself through journaling. I cannot tell you how important it is to self-reflect and write down all the experiences that you're going through on your witch journey, your journey into witchcraft. Uh, let's see here. So I'm, I'm just looking over my notes because I wrote a couple things down. Here I wrote, you don't need much at all. You need yourself. <laughs> uh, if you have a dedicated sacred space, that's great. If you have a small altar that you can set up, I did an episode on altars. Even if it is a candle and your journal on a windowsill, that could be your sacred space. And you know when you sit down in front of it that you're ready to do some work and that you're committing to that work. Uh, what did I write here? Oh, you don't need to identify yourself right away. Yes. So I think those are those are the very basics to me. And again, other other witches might say otherwise, but to me, those are some basic things to know. And some things you might want to research when you're early on in your journey. First, how to ground yourself. <laughs> Meditation, how to ground yourself. Um the elements, I think that knowing the four plus five, um, spirit, five, the five elements and how they're associated to the directions and how they're associated with different parts of yourself is important. So understanding those elements, if you know right away that you want to celebrate the eight Sabbaths throughout the year, it's good to research those Sabbaths and understand the wheel of the year and the ebb and flow of life and everything being this circle in this wheel. So I think that would be really great. And another thing is protection, just ways to protect yourself through meditation, not through any formal ritual. Because things that I recommend you don't do when you are very first starting out is to attempt any sort of really big ritual or really big spell unless maybe you're guided or you feel very confident for for whatever reason in what you're doing. But that can be a little bit tricky at the beginning. So that's why I say the first thing to do is just read, 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 research, talk to other witches, listen to other witches before you take steps. Um, Because I do feel it's so important to practice your craft, practice, practice, practice. But you want to know the basics before you even do that. You want to know how to ground yourself, for example. So those are just my tips, my two cents about beginner basics. 
Um, if you are starting out and you do have more tools, that's awesome. If you have your candles and you have your different altar tools and you have your different types of waters, I think that's great. That can enhance your practice. I'm not saying you shouldn't have those things. I'm just saying it's not necessary because there are a lot of witches who have messaged me (laughs) through Instagram. I don't have this. I don't have moon water. I don't have this. I don't have that. Um, what can I do instead? And I like to remind people that you don't always need those things because they're enhancements. Um, but yes, that's just my my little piece, my bit of advice about beginner basics and uh, what I think would benefit beginner witches. And I do want to add, keep your questions and your comments coming. Every day I get at least one or two messages from beginner witches who are asking for advice and who just want to reach out to tell me what they think of the podcast or just want to reach out in general. And I love that. I love seeing the number of people that are stepping into their power that are coming into the craft. So that just makes me so happy. So keep those questions coming. And I'm hoping that I address some things through this segment of the episode. So let's go into our card pool. Okay, we'll go into the card of the week. Today I'm going to pull from a new deck, actually, that I just received a couple weeks ago. It's called the Green Witch Oracle. And it's a really, it's a really pretty deck. It is definitely a great deck for your green witch, your kitchen witch, your garden witch. It is herbs and plants and flowers and fruits and vegetables from the garden and their correspondences. It's just a really lovely deck. So let's get started. All right. So today we have, oh, I, I pulled this the other day, wholeness. So we have black mulberry, which is wholeness. It represents wholeness. So a little quote, little things seem nothing, but they give peace like those meadow flowers, which individually seem odorless, but all together perfume the air. Oh, I like that. Everything coming together. You know, individually, we don't always see see things come to fruition, but together, you know, you have that lovely scent that permeates the air. And we can do amazing things whenever we all come together. So the oracle meaning says... Everything should be coming together at present in projects and plans. The completion of something is indicated with black mulberries, and the energy of this fruit asks you to put your knowledge and skills to the test. Balance and stability are present, and from this foundation, the possibilities are expanding. Setbacks, delays, and miscommunication are challenges to watch for. So this is all about wholeness and projects coming together. So right now, if you... If you're, you've been working on something and it's slow, you're slowly trudging along, it's coming together. Don't worry. Your projects and plans will come together, will come to fruition. So some cultivation of mulberries, just so you know, they are deciduous trees that will grow in most areas except arid or elevated humid tropical environments. And they will need a lot of room as they grow quite large. (laughs) You want to plant mulberries in late spring through the early summer and position in full sun in deep, rich soil. Water well, especially in hot areas, and ensure they are sheltered from strong winds. 
Harvest needs to wait until the fruit has ripened on the tree as they will not develop further once picked. So I like this. I, this, I do like these oracle cards because you are given the right conditions for the different plants and trees and fruits and vegetables to grow. And then you also get magical correspondences. So for the black mulberry, uses are for protection, strength, vision, clarity, and wisdom. I like that. Deities associated with it are Diana, Minerva, and Athena, which makes sense. Celestial um, is Mercury, and the astrological sign is Aquarius. And then there's a spell that goes along with this as well, which is really cool. And I'll give you the spell. Why not? So it's a wholeness spell. Try this harvest spell to obtain clarity in a situation and to see the entire picture. Set a bowl of black mulberries that were picked right on sunset upon your altar or a mantle and light a white candle on either side. Prop a mirror behind this arrangement and gaze into it while meditating on your situation to obtain illuminations that may assist you. Take note of your thoughts and any messages. I like that. So you need black mulberries and an altar space or any space. Remember, it could be any space. It's fine that you can dedicate as like your little sacred corner and light a white candle. And candles are pretty easy to come by. And I will note just quickly, if you don't have, let's say you, you, you're doing a spell and it does call for tools. It calls for a specific color candle. White is always a good replacement for any, any color candle. If there's a certain type of stone that is needed, clear quartz is always a good replacement. If you don't have a particular stone, quartz is always a really good um, stand-in for you. Just thought I would throw that out there because I figured there will be a lot of beginner witches listening to this particular episode. So that was it, Black Mulberry. I like that. Thank you for joining me. If you like what I'm doing with the podcast and you are enjoying it, then please feel free to let me know. Reach out. Um, I would love for you to rate, review on, why can't I think right now, Apple Podcasts and let me know your thoughts. And speaking of that, I think I have a few more reviews that I wanted to share with you. I want to do a couple shout outs. So thank you so much to Rose Mommy 7 for your comments. Um, you love listening to the podcast. It's comfy, cozy, and witchy. Yes, that's what I like. So thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Also, then she said, I like that. Then she said, um, you've been a practicing witch for 20 years. Yay, like me. So you're no means a beginner, but you love this podcast. I'm so great. I'm so glad. Thank you. And even if you're listening to this episode that, yes, I'm talking about beginner witch things, hopefully you get something out of it as well. So thank you for that, then she said. So I had those two and I'm up to 39 ratings. So I really appreciate it. If you want to support me in any other way, feel free to check out um, the Fit Witch Challenge. I'm the creator and founder of the Fit Witch Challenge. We have a challenge going on right now that you can join at any time to feel connected to an aspect of your your practice and your witchy wellness. Also, I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Michelle at Celestial Shell. She makes beautiful altar cloths and tarot wraps and all sorts of witchy goodies that she sews and puts together. And she has been a sponsor of this podcast from the very beginning. So I thank Michelle so much. Um, and check her website out at celestialshell.com. And if you use the code comfycozy15, 
you get 15% off your entire order. So that's pretty fun too. I guess I need to, at some point, I need to put that in the middle of the podcast in case people don't listen through. So you can hear that you can get um, a discount code with her. And that's just because um, she wanted to share that with you all. I get no kickback from that. Um, (laughs) Just so you know, it is just solely because um, she wants, she loves the Comfy Cozy community and she wants you all to be able to get a percentage off in her shop. So I think that was, that's really cool. So that's it for this week. Um, Hopefully I'll be on next week. It won't be the 10 or 12 days that have been between the last two episodes because I've had a lot going on. But I have a lot of great topics in the works that I'm going to chat with you about. And I have some guests that are lined up as well. So get ready for some guests eventually. But thank you for tuning in. And until next time, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy. (music) 